Welcome to Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Each week, we explore down and dirty ways to stop awfulizing, catastrophizing, going down the rabbit hole, and moving through all the craziness that is happening right now. We're here to create a community of like-minded people as we give you tips, tricks, and techniques for keeping sane in an unhinged world. And now, here are your hosts, Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. And welcome, everybody. This is Scott Grossberg, one of your co-hosts for Keeping Your Shit Together in a Stressed World. And I'm here with my co-host, Michelle. Hey, Michelle. Hey, everybody. Nice to see you, Scott. Nice to see everybody. And uh, again, just a bit of logistics for those of you who are new to the show. Uh, the show is going to run about 45, 50 minutes. And uh, we have a special guest for you today. I'm really excited about uh, who we have on, and I'll tell you why when we get to him. Uh, before we do that, though, Michelle, anything special that's happened over the last week? I say wink, wink, nod, nod. Uh-huh, because you know what I've been doing over the last week, Scott, which is finishing up our course, the Get Your Shit Together course that we plan on launching soon for people that will be chock full of tips and tools and tricks that you and I have learned to apply to our own lives as, as we're dealing with stress or distress or upheaval or hello, let's just call it today. <laughs> yeah, and, and I will, I'll tell you why I'm excited about it. That was actually the, the foundation for what led to our radio show and podcast. Mm -hmm. We originally, before all of uh, the craziness in the world took place, we had live retreats that were planned to help folks get together. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret also why I'm so excited about today. Um, our guest today is one of the few people that I've ever said, I want to share the stage with this man. Um, and I was going to invite him to the live retreat when we actually did that. So we've got him today. Uh, the recording that we did over the weekend really has turned into a, a, a great thing. It has what it, it's the springboard for what we're doing today. And it is a series of modules of different areas of your life. Uh, from different perspectives. So again, with Michelle's background, Michelle, for those who are new to the show, tell them a little bit about you. Sure. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in California. And because of the pandemic and loosening up of statewide regulations, I'm actually able to practice across many state lines right now to help people. And even before that, I was able to do some coaching, training, organizational behavior, teaching. And uh, my specialty areas are grief, loss, suicide prevention and postvention, you know, really light stuff that you might read about at nighttime for fun. <laughs> and because of that, you'll see that I, I giggle a lot. It's, it's part of my self-care and it's also uh, another passion, stress management, burnout prevention, self-care, especially for any of you that are healthcare workers or caregivers of some sort out there. That's the, those are the people that I really love to work with. Uh, and, you know, real quickly for me, those of you who have listened to some of our prior shows know very well when I say, hi, I'm Scott. I am a poster child for type A and a recovering <laughs> control freak. And uh, <laughs> for, for over 30 years, I was involved in very uh, high profile, high pressure, high risk litigation matters, chose to step away from that. Uh, and 
reinvent what I was doing. And so I'm doing a lot of life enrichment and business coaching now uh, and working with Michelle on a variety of different projects uh, to move things forward. Both of us are working remotely because of the way we are. But before that, uh, I was either by nature of some of the books that I've written or by nature of um, you know, the connections that I have. I was on the road, literally, I was doing 200 events a year. So you can imagine why the type A control freak framework guy made that work. And then at the same time, I kept looking around saying, I'm not enjoying life. I'm not keeping my own shit together. Uh, and so something had to change. Or as they, I think, routinely say, you have to have a breakdown before you have a breakthrough. And right. I'm very fortunate that I have a number of uh, very wonderful family members, but dear friends like Michelle. Uh, and Michelle and I counsel each other. Often, uh, <laughs> I know. You know we, we have little it's so helpful. <laughs> we have little support systems where we say, hey, this is going on in my life. Uh, and that's probably one of the biggest tips I want to pass on to you today that I've noticed with some of my coaching clients over the past week. And that's what is your support system? What is it that you have in place that will allow you the freedom to have as much or as little control as works for you. Uh, who do you have in your life that are even better than cheerleaders? I mean, we can all get cheerleaders, right? Who's better than a cheerleader for you? Who do you have in your life who's going to kick your butt and hold you accountable for whatever it is you want to have in your life? And that's been a real change uh, for some of the folks that I've worked with over the last week, Michelle, that uh, they've never really thought about it, particularly when we have the physical distancing and the lockdown rules, they don't realize they can reach out in a, a vehicle like Zoom or Skype or whatever, even over the phone. Mm -hmm. um, hell, write an email if you have to. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that it's just amazing that connection that you can still keep with people that won't mm -hmm. replace the physical touch. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and mm -hmm. I chatted about that in prior shows, mm -hmm. uh, but at least we're, we're connection people. That's what we are mm -hmm. as part of this human race. Mm -hmm. How about you? Anything special uh, over the last week that you've noticed other than our recording? Well, uh, you know, I, I think I got focused on, I received a really great text message from a friend that I hadn't heard from, from or was in a while. And so I just wanted to say, you know, text messages also randomly. I love to think about coincidences. So that's a personal thing. If someone comes to mind, I attempt as quickly as possible to at least send them a text message in the middle of busyness just to say you matter and I care about you. But client-wise, uh, out in the universe, I would say that um, people are kind of getting a little busy again. And they're starting to figure out how to fill up their time and wonder how to manage in the middle of anxiety or COVID, you know, how do I still manage my stress when a lot of the things that I used to do, like travel, museums, movie theaters, going out to dinner with friends, all of that is still not happening in, in many, many, many places. So um, that uh, figuring out creative new self-care yeah. has come up again in the last week with my clients. Well, speaking of self-care, I think that's probably a good way to transition into uh, our, our guest today. And I, again, I'm just going to smother love all over him, right? It, the, <laughs> the, 
the, the reality is that we have a, a, a guest on today. It's Daniel A. Miller. I know him as Danny. We're going to call him Danny during the show. Uh, and let, let me, before I formally let him uh, say something, tell you some things about him. He's written a number of books, two award winners. They are phenomenal. Uh, one is called Losing Control, Finding Serenity, How the Need to Control wow. Us how the need to control us hurts, uh, hurts us and how to let it go. And then now he's got the gifts of acceptance, uh, embracing people and things as they are. Uh, and if, if you'll all bear with me for just a second, I'm going to read you a quick bio because I think it's important to set the preframe for what we're going to chat about today. Uh, formally, Daniel A. Miller, JD, uh, is the author of the best-selling Losing Control, Finding Serenity. Uh, it's a, an award-winning book, as is The Gifts of Acceptance. Um, I'm, I'm reading through all these awards, and I don't want to take time from the discussion. Uh, I will say, like most compulsive controllers, Danny was always driven to succeed. He graduated from UCLA with honors in business administration and finished in the top 5% of his class at UCLA, UCLA School of Law. By the way, from one lawyer to another, that's a big deal. Um, while still from one his, from one Bruin to another, go Bruins! <laughs> uh, while still in his twenties, he became a popular real estate instructor uh, in the UCLA Extension program. In his thirties, he wrote a critically acclaimed best-selling professional book, uh, "How to Invest in Real Estate Syndicates." Uh, he later founded the California Institute of Real Estate Education, and that offered state-licensed seminars to thousands of real estate professionals. Uh, financial success came early to Danny. Celebrities and other wealthy people entrusted him with large sums to invest on their behalf. And by his mid-30s, he could afford to live in the exclusive old Bel Air section of Los Angeles. But for all his achievements and success, Danny had no sense of inner peace and serenity. He was imprisoned by his fears, anger, and anxieties. All the bedfellows of controllers, trust me on this one, and thus not <laughs> open to the joy and wonders all around him. After suffering a series of traumatic events and financial setbacks that he could not control, no matter how hard he tried, he finally began a new life journey based on letting go of control and accepting people and things as they are. He surrendered to the ups and downs and twists and turns of life instead of resisting them and trying to control people and events. Over many years, he learned effective tools and strategies for letting go of control and accepting what is with his family and his friends, as well as in sports, creative endeavors, and the workplace. In the process, he became an artist, a published poet, a successful businessman, a champion senior tennis player, a happily married man, I can attest to that on, on his behalf, <laughs> and a much wiser parent, all while cutting his work time by more than half. Thus, through letting go of control and embracing life as it is, Danny has found a different and more gratifying kind of success, an internal core sense of well-being, and he now writes and speaks about the profound benefits of letting go of control and practicing acceptance. And by the way, I invite everybody to visit Danny's uh, website at danielamiller.com, uh, and on it, he actually has a free gift for you, uh, which is called oh. Acceptance in the Time of COVID-19 oh. uh, that you can download. And with that, welcome, Danny. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> wow. Thank you for the introduction. <laughs> um, I, I, and again, I, I've got to tell you, Danny and I, just to, to give you again some deeper context, I was all about for many years getting on the stage and telling people, take control of your life. 
You've got to micromanage it. You have to create these frameworks. You have to do these flows. You have to do all that. Uh, and I can tell you in the last two years of my active litigation practice, uh, that type of approach nearly killed me. Uh, and it was at that point where I actually at uh, a gathering, Danny and I happened to be there and I walked up to him and I very timidly said, I finally get it. I finally get it. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, it, it took me quite a few years to finally get it too. You know, I, I think we, we all have our own journey and uh, mine is uh, described in the book and some of the things in the introduction you just gave. Uh, my hope and one of the reasons for writing, writing both books is that people don't have to uh, have so many traumatic events before they can sort of see, see a brighter uh, future or a different way of doing things. And uh, in my case, um, and it's not, it's not regrettably at all because it's led to where I am now, but it came to the point where uh, I couldn't control anymore. I, I didn't have the energy, the wherewithal to fight the latest demons and tackle the, uh, the latest adversaries. And uh, I ended up in the hospital, you know, uh, unexpectedly. And so, but with that, um, when I returned uh, after a couple months to, to my work in which I'd been this intensive controller, uh, doing a lot of things you're, you've described, uh, I noticed something really interesting is that things were going along pretty well without me, you know, <laughs> you know it was, wow, yeah. this is interesting. And uh, it's sort of, that's sort of what led to this, uh, this idea of, um, of uh, working within the natural flow of life, or what I call the life's natural currents. And with control, especially this obsessive type of control, it really dams or blocks those currents. Uh, and uh, it puts blinders on us that we really can't see some of the opportunities that are there for us, uh, some of the options that we could pursue be, because we're so pigeonholed and so focused. Uh, we just don't see them. We don't recognize them. Uh, and so when I was compelled to, so to speak, because I couldn't control anymore, I start seeing these things. I start noticing these things. I start an awareness and, and I I'd like to equate it to the ways of the ocean because that's sort of where it all started with the first book is when I was at the ocean one day watching the waves and how um, there, there's no uniformity there there's different types of peaks and, and you know and waves and different types and there's nothing that you could do to control those if you're if you're in the water uh, you can't control those things so what can you do or what could I do is I could, um, I could protect myself. I could put my hands up here for tumbles, but then I would just could go with that, with the waves. And I started looking at life as sort of that way too, is that uh, we, we really can't control or change things. They say the only thing that, you, uh, uh, that doesn't uh, change is change itself. And I think that's really true. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to jump right in and, and sure. people who have been on the show before know I, I, I like to be very surgical because of the, the, sure. the limited amount of time we have. Something that Michelle and I have chatted about on prior episodes and something that continues to elude me, Danny, I would love for your guidance and mentorship on this. I have many friends who are in 12-step recovery programs and they, they, they talk a lot about the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity. 
And I always get hung up. Maybe it's the type A part in me. I get hung <laughs> up on the, you know, give me the, what is it, Michelle? How does it go? Give me the courage to. Courage to uh, change like, things I can. Yes. And the wisdom to and know the, the wisdom difference. And the wisdom to know the difference. Mm -hmm. Yes. Help, help me understand how to know the difference. Mm -hmm. What can I control and what can't I? Because I, I, have, a, <laughs> I, I have a real hiccup with that. Okay. That's a, that's a great question. Uh, let me preface that by saying uh, the first thing I, I do when I wake up is on my knees saying the serenity prayer. I, I live by it. Uh, and I'm, not only the words are so poetic and beautiful, but if you can get specific, like what you're talking about, uh, with whatever issues you're dealing with at that moment, that day, even as they arise during the day, it's extremely helpful. I, I'm not sure which is the most difficult part of, of the three lines of the prayer, but let's talk about the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah. <clears throat> what I have found, it can come from different ways. Um, it, it can come from having experienced the pains of doing this, the, the same thing all the time and not, not getting any different results. In other words, the pains of, of, of the controlling, of, of not accepting. So over time, you know that's not working. So uh, then on a specific thing, the way I look at it, and by, and by the way, you, you can reflect, you can meditate. If you're dealing with, let's say, you, whether it's a work or business or personal issue, is you may be asking yourself, should I intervene now? Should I get involved now, or should I just let it roll along, so to speak, right? right. Well, what you, what, one thing that, that I found is helpful, you can start the process of getting involved. And what I, I trust what happens if, if it's, I'm getting too involved, and I've had this with my children, they may ask my advice, and I may give them more advice than they want. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, now they know to say, hey, dad, that's enough. But, but <laughs> what can happen, whether it's with children or anybody else, is if I'm feeling a discomfort or a disease, you know, I'm not feeling comfortable, whether it's a physical feeling or an emotional feeling, I know I've, I've pushed too much. So that wisdom tells me that, you know, to back off, okay? So, it, and, and some, is like you have control on the side and you have surrender on the other and it's balance for each of us. And I think that balance is different. Uh, I was weighted towards control, so I need, need to work more on, on surrender. And now I feel I sort of have that balance. So, Scott, I mean, uh, the short answer is a matter of, in a way, like trial and error and, and being aware of what's not working for you and, and being willing maybe sometimes to reflect or to pause, as they say, and, and step back a little bit. And whether it's to meditate or, like you said, reach out to someone else, you can gain the wisdom or like in the 12-step programs from our higher power, you can, you can sometimes gain that wisdom to know the difference. Let, 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 let's play a, a pretend game for a minute because sure. I, I love for us to be able to give very solid tools uh, for folks who are either listening live or we have a large replay audience uh, through the various platforms. Let's, let's assume we're parents. I'm a parent, right? Um, at what point do I, and, and let's take the age out of it. I mean, little kids, you want to mentor, parent, guide them. But let's sure. assume, because you and I are old enough, we've got kids who are adults, they're grown. Um, at what point do we stand back and watch the train wreck that we've perceived? 
at what point do we mm. at what point do we let them as i mentioned to michelle uh, as we were recording this weekend giving enough sacred space for them to have their own journey and understand that it's really none of our business anymore yeah yeah i i, I referred that in my writings of the books as uh the fundamental parental challenge. You know? <laughs> <laughs> when, is, when is doing things? When are we innate? When does it become enabling? Yeah. You know, when is it that we are depriving them of the resiliency, the self-independence, uh, the pains, and the learning experience that comes with failure? Right. And mm -hmm. and that, again, that's that can be a challenge. Some of the things I look at is does it have to do with me? It is and this happened. Uh, last week with, with one of my one of my daughters is uh, I got bothered by something that I, I felt that she did related to another person and and she but she did it for perfect reason for herself that was best for herself but I was into my own ego you know uh, what someone would think about me so one thing is to try to separate that part out okay another thing is a lot of the things especially as our adult children, we're really powerless of, of changing anyway, Scott. I, I have, I know <laughs> parents like us that, you know, they, they try, but, you know, uh, it's like beating a dead horse. They're adults, they're, you know. So what, what that can happen is that it can create friction, you know, in, in our relationship. And so what I have found overall that has worked best with me at all ages uh, of my children's lives, particularly more as, as young adults, I would say now, is my willingness to what I call attentively listen, to listen to them, the reasons why for their choices, you know, because my way of doing things, and Scott, your way of doing things may have worked for you and me, uh, but it doesn't mean it's gonna work for our children because they're ultimately they are different than us. And, I, and I've learned that through my three children, they do things differently. Uh, but you know what, ultimately with a, a fair amount of success and often better than maybe had they pursued my way. So, you know, yeah, obviously if it's, if it's a danger situation, I get that, you know, if it's really danger, then you're going to want to jump in and try to help. I, but I, I would think of anything short of that almost, it's if they're adults, is it's their path uh, for them to experience and my role is to be an encourager, to be a fan, so to speak, mm -hmm. to be someone that can lend a, a, an ear. And oftentimes, what that leads to is to trust. They, they will open up more to me. And once, once they start opening up more to me, I, I get a, bit, a fuller picture of the situation and the reasons for their choices. And then we can maybe discuss it on that level without my telling them what they should do or what's best for them. That, and, and that's wonderful. And without taking away from anyone reading your books, and please go get Danny's books because they, they really are spectacular. Um, I am a big believer in what Tony Robbins has said, and that's that success leaves clues. And so mm -hmm. when we have guests on, Danny, I'm going to do this with you. I, I want to dig out some of these clues. What are your habits that you, your rituals, your sacred vows that you use personally to to maintain balance while losing control. What is it that some of our listeners can actually take away as, hey, it's, Danny's doing this, it works. You've talked about the serenity prayer in the morning, sure. for example. Uh, okay, Here, here's some of the, and this, this has to do with 
reducing the compulsion to control and being able to accept people and things more as they are. Um, and <laughs> I, these, I'm all ears. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> these, these, these remain challenges, okay? <laughs> I need to, to judge less. I need to judge people less, okay? My tendency has been is very quick to judge or feel my opinion or, or, or that type of thing. And without uh, stepping back and, and seeing that everybody especially with what's going on all today, you know, all the divisiveness today is that um, I try to look at it that people aren't out to harm me necessarily. Some might be, but most aren't. They're following their own self-interest pretty much just as I do mine, right? So if I can, that's what acceptance is, is I accepting the underlying reality of the situation without what I call judgment or negative feelings. So if I could sort of get into a neutral mindset and see it that way, is that when I'm not judging and when I'm accepting and when I'm not expecting others and when I am accepting, there is, a, there is a, I, and I've experienced this all the time, there's a critical change in my focus from them to me. I'm off of them, the other, and I'm on to me. What can I do under these circumstances? What are my choices? What are the things that I do have the power to change or to control? So focusing on that is really important. Another thing re very related is uh, my, my expectations of others are often too high. I got to reduce those expectations. That, that, that's a control mechanism, especially from the past, that leads to resentment and dissension and um, a disruption of whatever bond you have. So I, I need to moderate my expectations. And then another tool, and these are not new, it's uh, dealing with my fears, uh, facing and processing my fears. And I like to use the two acronyms that are really apropos for fear, as you probably read, is um, future events already ruined. Oh, I like that. I one. love that. I future events into, already into ruined. the future ruin. I, that keeps me more in, in the present and dealing with what's now. And another one, another saying is false evidence appearing real. Okay. Uh -huh. um, our feeling, in other words, our feelings aren't aren't necessarily facts. You know, they're they're just our feelings. So those are some of the <clears throat> the tools. But I would say going back to the very beginning one is the serenity prayer because I, I just sort of expanded on trying to make that as specific as I can is it trying to say okay is this something I truly have power over right. you know maybe changing something or whatever it is of someone else is this and and if not that shifts the focus to me and the courage to change the things I can okay yes it is courage but we have the power to change a lot of things in our lives you know that we can do and the biggest one, I think, as you said, Scott, is the wisdom uh, to know the difference, because sometimes that difference isn't readily apparent. And so we have to go through some of the things I talked about before. Wonderful. Michelle, I, I don't want to take all of the time <laughs> here. Um, you, uh, you know, in your practice, obviously, you're doing a lot with individuals in some very significant, severe, uh, life-threatening situations. And then you've got... you've not to diminish this, but then you've got couples that are coming in trying to save a marriage. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any questions of, of Danny? I feel like I'm talking to Ram Das over here, right? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Danny's all, you, you, he's always reminded me of a Ram Das type character. Uh, and, and I never had the opportunity to sit down with Ram Das. So uh, we're going to put Danny's brain. Um, 
Danny, I'd love to know, I work with a lot, as, as I mentioned in the beginning, a lot of people who are either grieving the death of somebody close or, and, or have been traumatized in that process or separately. What are some of the things that you might say to help a person experiencing those types of, of, uh, life experiences? Yeah, that's, that's really hard. And, and, uh, uh, I, I think ultimately it comes down uh, to acceptance, uh, as troubling as that might be. And I know probably what I, I, I can only go by what I've read, but also related to acceptance about denial, you know, is we don't see really as they are. And denial can help at the beginning, but somehow we have to get that awareness, you know. Mm -hmm. um, compassion, of course you know, empathy, um, starting to do things. Um, uh, I, I wish I could help you more. I, I, I feel that's really, you know, out of my realm. I, I think the closest thing in a way, in a strange way, is uh, the struggle that people are having to, uh, to deal with COVID-19 right now. Right. Because for so many people, it's so devastating. Yeah. Is I have friends that have had there's sick parents in the hospital and they can't, can't visit, visit them. them. I know I, I can't visit my mom. She's in lockdown and assisted living. So, mm -hmm. you know, what can we, the accepting of that, that that's the underlying mm -hmm. reality mm -hmm. that we really don't have, don't have any control over that. What can, what can we do? Mm -hmm. How can we reach out? How mm -hmm. can we lend an ear? How can we be empathetic? You know, and the more that we can do those things, um, it mitigates it, mm -hmm. you know, but that's maybe the best it could do is mitigate. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. say, Michelle, you know better than me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what about finding meaning after something really intense? Like, yes, we're in the middle of coronavirus. There's, there's meaning that we might need to make from that. I know, I, I believe if I understand correctly, you've gone through some of your own uh, pretty, pretty intense experiences. And as I mentioned, grief, people who've had the death of someone close or had trauma, how do we make meaning after something really serious and difficult has happened? Yeah, it, it's, uh, meaning is, is, is really important, especially regarding I, aging too. I've talked about meaning oh. in the sense that we're getting older and aging. And I, I just, <laughs> just had my 77th birthday a few days ago. I have a chapter in the book about dealing with aging and meaning is such a significant part of that, that mm -hmm. whatever we can do, um, my, my ex-wife, uh, her, her 13 year old child, uh, about four years ago took her life, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's so admirable what she's been doing to have me meaning she's gone into, she just ran her first 5k you know, oh, for, yeah. for a charity, a mental health charity. So it's remarkable that mm. what she's finding uh, in honor of her child, mm -hmm. that not only honoring her child, but it's giving her own life meaning, you know. Mm -hmm. So those are, I, I just admire that so much, but I think those are the things that we have mm -hmm. to do. Uh, otherwise, we're going to be uh, in a way trapped, I imagine, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to be mm -hmm. sort of shackled. Mm -hmm. and, and feeling, you know, uh, frozen, you know, mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. COVID is sort of work so closed in with COVID. And so mm -hmm. what can we do to find meaning? Well, you know, I, I started painting again. 
I'm doing a little gardening a little again. I'd love to have the opportunity to do shows like this again, you know, a, a little bit of writing. Um, so, I, you know, those are giving me different kinds of meanings mm-hmm. in, in a difficult period. But okay. when you're talking about what, you're, what you experienced with, with, mm-hmm. your, with your clients is, mm-hmm. is, I'm sure, much more challenging. Well, you you did bring up that you're that that somebody you know has experienced a death by suicide, and this is National Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. I, I just put that together in my head right now. Have you ever struggled with hopelessness or helplessness yourself? And have any wisdom for us about what helped you pull out of that place of hopelessness or helplessness? Uh, that's that's a good question. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I ask tough uh, questions sometimes. I'll hand it back to Scott. I'm just I kidding. I don't know if there was a sense. I guess earlier when I went through these series of traumatic events in my life, you know mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't know if we're, quite honestly I don't know if we got down to being hopeless. Okay. You know, or mm-hmm. you know, there was definitely the feeling of helplessness. Helplessness. You know? mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe I'm just blessed. I haven't had um, uh, gone into depression like so many people I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I haven't had to deal with those things. But I think the closest I came is, you know, I had five surgeries from removal of skin cancer because I, I never, uh, I was controlling so much, I didn't see the doctor. You know, that was maybe mm-hmm. the fifth thing after a series of a lot of things mm-hmm. um, was that uh, having to surrender you know, I had to surrender. And in a sense, that was hopeless. But that very surrender is what mm-hmm. ultimately gave me hope. Mm-hmm. So I went from hopelessness to hope by my somehow, even though I was forced to it, but I had to honor it because I didn't have the wherewithal to do anything, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say that was the, the, the main main. You know, I want to underscore something here, and I I think Danny has hit upon really the core of, Michelle, why you and I are doing this show, Mm -hmm. is we've got lots of people out there who feel helpless during everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. This show is a way of giving you hope and Mm -hmm. giving you a light so that you know there are resources like Danny, there are books like what he's written. You know, Michelle is out there doing counseling online. You don't even have to show up in an office. (laughs) So I I really want people who are listening to understand you might feel helpless, but it's not hopeless. And I think, Danny, that's probably one of the biggest things I've taken away from being around you and looking at your work and and listening to you is he's never lost that spark of hopeless. He's never lost that spark of hope. Uh, I mean, that's really, when you look at the serenity prayer, that's the whole point. It's um, from what I'm learning of it, and I never really got involved in it before. I, I'm learning it now, and mm-hmm. it's understanding that there's something more than you mm-hmm. that, you know, can, whatever that is for you, can yeah. help. Um, mm-hmm. Danny, I got a question for you, and this is maybe a little esoteric, but you'll get it. You and I are lawyers. We go to, and, and for those who've not been through law school, law school doesn't teach you to be a lawyer. It teaches you to think like a lawyer. That's really what it is. And what I'm listening to you, Danny, talk about is to really unthink like a lawyer, not think like a lawyer. That's true. <laughs> so are, are, there any, are, are there any tips for folks 
whether they're CEOs or they, they're trying to, to pivot and rebrand right now. Um, and everything seems like a fricking puzzle that they just want to fix everything. Yeah. And that's a part of control too, right? Well, yeah, no, that's where the fears come in. You know, it's all the, what, what could happen, what might be and all that. That's a really good question. Cause when I think back to law school, I think you described it really well. I was really the type A guy. And so I just went to that man. And even as a lawyer, uh, I, I went to that, the, the overthinking, you know, yep. the over planning, the being very disciplined and uh, speaking about, you know, I had one trial and I was so messed up after that was it. No more trials. So I come in, I just imagine. About three decades of it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, ultimately I, I think it's, um, it's, it's an awareness of, 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 of trusting. And this maybe comes with the experiences of going through uh, difficult times, but it's, it's the trusting that I'm going to be okay. Whatever happens, that I'm going to be able to sort of take care of myself, and you know, and that could be faith-based for for many people. But however it is, is that or like say you may trust in a higher power or something greater than ourselves or whatever it might be. Uh, and then it's also the recognition and realization as I look back at all the different struggles, I'm still here. You know. and, and that's actually, and I'm interrupting you because I want to underscore this for listeners. Um, we've talked about it before. My, my uh, mother-in-law, she's my, my, well, there's that, but my mother-in-law, um, she's passed away now, was the head of the psychology department at the University of Alabama. And I can still hear her little Southern voice. Kitty would call and every, when something was going on, she would always say, everything is going to be okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and my wife has put up a sign for me. She had it in my law office. We've, we've moved it here and it says everything is going to be okay. Danny, how do you get to that trust point where it's, and you, I think you just said it, it's like, because I'm here, it didn't kill me. Yeah, it, it, it's that. And that also, seeing that my ways, especially the controlling ways, weren't working for me. Where did they take me? Yeah. They take, took me to stress, anxiety, and ultimately in a hospital for not seeing a doctor. Okay, mm. that's where they took me. They took me to uh, 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 a relationship with my son, you know, uh, who's now uh, 45, because I was always telling him what he should do and how he should do. So I, I saw what I was doing to my relationships by, by all these controlling mechanisms, which are, again, most of them are fear-based. You know, uh, most of them somehow, and most of them are, we, I come back to these expectations, is that we have expectations of others because somehow we think if they're going to do what we expect them to do, we think that, that somehow we're going to feel better. And I've learned that's not the case. My needs, my, my ultimate core needs, only I can fulfill those. So it, it's really a combination of all these things. And, you know, Scott, my writing, I started the first book. It's probably, it was a 20-year journey in the writing. So it, it was sort of my own self-help book uh, as it was going along. It wasn't originally intended to be a book. So it's just taking in all of those things, I guess, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I've, I've come to the point... Uh, where I just, I, I, I'm still what I was 
but I've changed a lot. You know, I, I think yeah. we'll always, always have that propensity to maybe go back and want to control, but I have the awareness now that I never had. I can, I know what I'm doing it for the most part. And once I'm aware of it, I can say, okay, what do I need to do to get out of this? You know? Uh, and then I, I have the tools to do that. And that's what both books are really about is, is the tools to make these changes. What, what are some of your other daily rituals, the things that you habitually go back to, to help you lose control and gain acceptance? My, TV, the, the, when the, the main one, as I say, is my daily ritual is, uh, as I said, I, I'm on my, on my knees, so I'm humbling myself mm -hmm. uh, because humility is a very large part of letting go of control and acceptance, right? Uh, and, and saying this for any prayer, I then go out, first thing I do is outside, I have, <laughs> I have the most beautiful olive tree, you know, and that's nature to me. And, and that's what I, like I have my hands up right now is I'll say the serenity prayer again, you know, and I'll ask for, for God's guidance, my highest power, give me the, the guidance that today what's going to be good for me and what I can do, you know, and if I, that starts my day. If, if it starts going awry, I can go back to that. I can, I can talk to my lovely wife, who's I can see online. <laughs> I can go to her and talk. Oh, yay. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> to try to, again, balance. So, you know, I could start out the day uh, very balanced. But as, as probably you know, as, as the day goes on, there's things that throw us off. And mm -hmm. if I can think about that, I can pause for me because I work out of the house. Um, I go outside again, you know, and, and see being nature, being the oneness and the, the feeling mm -hmm. of, of nature. And I, or I may go meditate for 10 minutes or 15 minutes. Uh, uh -huh. It varies. It, it's not always the same every day other than the first part of the day. Is, is there a specific type of meditation practice that you utilize? Or is it kind of one of those esoteric, it is what it is, I'll do what works at the moment? Yeah, no, I, I, I don't, it's no specific time type, but I'll, I have a cabana I'll go sit under and I'll start with the deep breathing like most people. And I know the, the goal of, 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 of uh, meditation is to let the, you know, they say to let the thoughts come and pass through you. Right. Uh, what helps me is I try to get in touch with my senses. As I'm sitting down, I can feel, well, where's my arm lying? Where's my seat? Where, where's my feet? And then I, I can start listening to the sounds, in this case, the birds, the winds, maybe mm -hmm. the cars, you know, the airplane flying over, um, or the breeze hitting me in the face. You know, I, I try to go to those, those, those senses, and I, I, that gets me out of my mind. So it's, it's as simple as that, and it, it starts out like the first five minutes, of, wow, am I going to be able to do this? And then I can end up two <laughs> minutes after 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 that initial uh, difficulty. It just sort of there's something that transcends, you know, um, and the breathing is always going on too. You know, yeah. Danny, so it's a very it's a very mindful type of uh, yes. practice. So Scott, I'm going to interrupt you for a second. Sure. Danny, um, you mentioned your lovely wife. I'm so glad she's here and joining us today. Also, a significant number of our listeners are female, right? In in um, 30s, 40s, 50s area. What does love mean to you, Danny? And and what tips do you have for a successful relationship? 
Wow. Okay. <laughs> First one is I, I, I accept my wife as she is, and and, and she is a lot. <laughs> I love women that are a lot. Yay. Uh, and, and, and also accepting that she's just very different than me, you know, and I love that. Um, uh, communicating and mm -hmm. expressing my feelings, even my uncomfortable ones, or mm -hmm. that I'm not sure how she's going to respond to. If I, if, if I can come within knowing that, okay, what, what I'm expressing is truthful, you know, I trust that she'll receive that truth and, and we, can, we can talk about it. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I would say those are the main things. And again, she's quite a woman and she's, uh, Scott, you ought to have her on your program next time. I think, I, can, can I think we? we will. <laughs> <laughs> will you come back, please? <laughs> so, so, Yay! Sabrina, I heard sure. <laughs> so, Sabrina, I'm gonna, I, I, will, I will reach out to you privately. <laughs> I would love to, we, we would love to have you on the show. Um, Any, and can I ask one last sure. question? Sure. So Danny, any, for those of us women that have chosen to be in a relationship with a man, any tips for us about how to connect with the men in our lives? Sure. Yeah. Uh, again, <laughs> again, wait, just well, understand ladies, we're a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we like men that are a lot too. <laughs> um, you know, I, I've had people, cause I have my, my blog, I've had women have written in and, and, and what, I can tell you what uniformity doesn't seem to work well for the relationship, right? And right. This writer came in and, and basically the story is it starts out well, or there's a nice little connection. And then I start expecting certain things. And so I, this expectation thing, yeah. It, 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 when someone, uh, Michelle, when someone expects things of you, how do you feel? Uh, uh, you pressured. Feel Pressure. I feel pressured, feel controlled, pressure. um, yeah. not spontaneous. And, and that's not mm -hmm. a good feeling. And that's not going to draw you to the person. No. Nope. So that's one of, one of the biggest thing in relationships for men, both men and women is, is, is don't have too many expectations. Trust that, trust the flow, you know, mm -hmm. uh, be open and truthful and, and don't be fearful of, of expressing, uh, expressing your feelings. So I would, I would say, and then the other one is, you know, I'm not an expert, but it certainly worked a third time. <laughs> <laughs> third time's a charm. Is uh, we had no agenda. There was no agenda. It, it just started and it proceeded in, in, in a very nice, natural way. Uh, and yeah. I, I never felt any pressure. I, I don't think she did. And then uh, it just worked out really well. Um, but, you know, it, 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 it takes the past experiences of what didn't work and what we did do that didn't work mm -hmm. uh, that, that resulted in that, you know? Mm -hmm. we, you. We're, we're coming towards the end of the show. It's gone really fast, but Danny, I am, I, I'm going to ask a question and I know it may put you on the spot because <laughs> I, I'm going to, despite the fact that we are having a discussion about losing control and acceptance, I want to, I want you to presume for a minute that you do have a little bit of control okay. in, in what's going to happen next. Okay. How would you like to be remembered? Good question. Um, I, I would like to be remembered uh, as, a, as a person that was lo loving and kind to others. Yeah. Uh, and a person that 
tried to help others by sharing his own personal experiences, hardships, setbacks, and successes. Um, and certainly as a, a loving, giving, and um, uh, uh, father to, to my children. Um, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, with that, on behalf of Michelle and me, I really thank you for being part of this show. Um, it's a, a great honor for me, and I've wanted to, to do something with you for quite a long yeah, time, as you know. You, um, you've now opened the door. I'm going to reach out to your wife, and uh, we'll have her <laughs> on as a guest. Uh, anything else that you want to add, Danny? Um, well, I like, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a slogan, but I, I think it's so true about acceptance, you know, that um, two things is I think fundamentally acceptance is a choice that we all have, and I encourage people, even if it's a partial acceptance, to, to try it. It's a, it's a practice that over time gets better. But when you, when you accept what is, it lets you And I think that's just so truthful uh, today. Oh, it, it, it helps me. It changes my focus to what I can't change to what I can. So those would, I hope, be some of the takeaways. Absolutely wonderful. Again, for those who want to uh, connect deeper and more fully with Danny, please ch check out his website, danielamiller.com. Please go order his books, Losing Control, Finding Serenity, How the Need to Control Hurts Us and How to Let It Go, and his other book, The Gifts of Acceptance, Embracing People and Things as They Are. Uh, and for everybody else, thank you for joining us. Thank you for those who are listening on replays. Uh, please subscribe through your favorite podcast uh, provider, like, comment, you know, you know the drill, share it with friends. And until next week, thank you all for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've reached the end of another episode of Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. If you like our show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate our broadcast, and leave a review. The podcast is for general information only and not intended to be legal or mental health advice, nor the formation of a lawyer-client, nor therapist-patient relationship. Stay tuned for our next episode, and thank you for listening.